Ready to add a big dose of positivity and empowered perspective to your day? You've come to the right place. Welcome to She Said, She Said podcast. I'm Laura Cox Kaplan. Here, we tackle everything from imposter syndrome and confidence building to the best advice on how to lead yourself through life pivots, including the ones that knock you flat. For the past three years, I've talked to hundreds of experts about their stories. Here, you'll find their actionable advice and lessons, as well as my own tools that you can put to use in your own life. Stick around. I think you'll find this investment in you well worth it. Hi, friend. Welcome to She Said, She Said. Today, we're talking entrepreneurship, career pivots, and the inspiration that can come from a rich family history. It's so perfect for Women's History Month. And it's also a great reminder of the women in our own families who have inspired our passions and our interests and who have had such a great impact on us. My guest today is Stephanie Summerson Hall. She is the CEO of the Charleston, South Carolina-based Estelle Colored Glass Company. The company is named after her grandmother, Estelle, who in many ways inspired the company. A friend of mine actually found Estelle Colored Glass on Instagram and shared a link with me last summer, and I have been a fan ever since. The products are absolutely gorgeous. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Laura Cox Kaplan for a little visual tour of some of my favorites of Stephanie's pieces. Stephanie's story embodies the importance of family history and how it can serve as the inspiration that ultimately leads to economic success. We talk about some of the challenges facing women entrepreneurs, and particularly when those entrepreneurs happen to be women of color. Stephanie, welcome to She Said, She Said. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here, Laura. Well, I'm so happy to have you. As I mentioned to you previously, and as many of our listeners know, I am a big fan of your product and own several sets of the the wine glasses are my favorite. I know you make other things, but the wine glasses are absolutely gorgeous. Well, we certainly appreciate your support, and um, and it's always good to hear that you when you like our pieces. So. Absolutely. So let's, before we get into the business, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am now a serial entrepreneur. Um, at college, I uh, majored in political science and always intended to go to law school. I went to law school, practiced law for um, 10 years and um, started a business, an event rental business when I was five years into my law career. And from there, um, at the 10-year mark, I decided that uh, a business was, or being a business owner was more in alignment as in terms of me raising my small family, me and my new family. I had young children and, um, and I just lifestyle was, I, oh, I've, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, this is going to be much easier life. Um, but of course, um, but, but what I really, the defining thing was um, being able to be in control. Mm-hmm. And um, really be able to um, decide how I wanted, what I wanted to do with my time and how I wanted, I just didn't, I didn't like the constraints of, of practicing. 
Was it hard for you to make that shift after working so hard and finishing law school and becoming a lawyer to ultimately making the shift to entrepreneurship? Well, I, what I had done is I, I started off when I first got out of law school, I, I did, I went to do a clerkship. So I did end up doing two appellate clerkships. And so that was like a checkoff. Um, and then I worked for like a, you know, mid-sized firm, um, smaller, in smaller spaces. And, and I just kind of did like, I, I tried this, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay with it. I'm okay at it. Um, I'm not just in love with it. And, you know, ready for the next um, opportunity. And so I, I kind of I did some checkoffs. And, and, I, and I, all those experiences really, um, they were good experiences overall, but it was just not, it was not like very fulfilling to me. Mm-hmm. So I think you mentioned, did you start your first business while you were still working as a lawyer? You were sort of doing a side yes. hustle? Yes, yeah. it was, it was um, I was five years into my, legal career. And, and I really didn't start it for me. I started it for my parents. Um, I, I really looked at it like a bono, a pro bono project and uh, started it for them. So, so why, what, what do you mean by that? Well, because my mother's been a florist for like, she'd been a florist all of her life. And, um, and my dad had recently retired at 55 and I just was like helping you know, decide. Well, I just looked at it and said, this would be a good business. It was an event rental business. So my mom was already kind of doing, um, you know, involved with events. And I just felt like it would, would have been a really good thing to get into. And there were no competitors, like 30, you know, 30 minute radius of where they were. And um, mm-hmm. so I said, look, I'm going to, I did all the first trade show. I met my dad there. I was living in, um, in the you know the DC area at the time, and I met my dad in Atlanta for the trade show, and, and just basically set the whole thing up. I never intended for me to leave the practice of law at that time and say I'm going to be I'm going to run this business. But right. when I created the monster, I had to come and run it. <laughs> you had to own it. <laughs> yeah. So you made that pivot. You ran this event event business for a number of years. At what point did you decide to pursue retail entrepreneurship? Very different business. After that business was up and running, I just felt like um, I wanted something that I could really put my imprint on. And um, and it, it, it just opportunity just presented. Itself. I just started looking for something that I could put my, my print on, something that was all mine, not just working in the business, but working on the business and, and re- really saw a lot of growth. And so I, you know, was, that business was stabilized and doing well. And I just, like I said, I wanted something I could put my hand on. And in the nature of event, of an event rental business is a lot of times there's always, you always, because it used to be seasonal, it's not so seasonal anymore, but it, you'd always have another business that could utilize the infrastructure that was there to make up for the, the slower months. And so I was always on the prowl for what else could be complementary to their event rental business. So I had this notion that if I could sell a product, I happened on this one because we, were, we had a house built and I wanted some colored glass pieces in my home, a new home as like, you know, forever collection kind of deal. And I couldn't find them. And, and I was, and it was just like a light bulb that went off. Like, you know, this is a dying art and, um, and you know, everything's on the secondary market. And I just envisioned in my head, wouldn't it be beautiful if there was a, a brand that had all these different colors and pieces that you could build a collection from, or you could send as a beautiful gift, pieces that really had a personality. 
and just a touch of color. Because I, cause I'm, I'm, I like we used to start with a white room and build on up, you know, with color and, you know, switch out my um, throw pillows of color. You know, I have more neutral, you know, it's just you want that pop of color. So that's just kind of my mentality. And so, I, and I was like, gosh, wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a place that had everything in one spot? And when I didn't find it, you know, it was like the light bulb went off. You know, this might be a, a viable business that you could put together. So I just started researching and researching. So the original impetus or, or the original pieces that kind of inspired you, tell me about the connection to your grandmother. Well, uh, my grandmother lived only like one street over from me. She did day trip shopping, all day kind of deal. Yeah. So these were such memorable occasions. And um, she was really like, she was an, she was always eclectic kind of shopper, looking for like nice, um, beautiful things. Um, she had like two china cabinets, particularly like the heart of her home was the kitchen and, you know, the dining room. And so I had all these memories of, you know, of like going shopping with her, you know, as from being a child up through college. And it was so imprinted in my, just who I am, like, I remember like when I was in law school and, and um, I would go on Saturdays, I'd be going to the state sales and, and um, you know, yard sales and, and, and antiquing. You know, I love antiquing. If I had a minute, I'd go run into an antique store everywhere I go because that was just something my grandmother loved. And, and it kind of like rubbed off on me. And, and I, I love it, too. I mean, and, and I just spent so many wonderful days um, on these, these day trips where it was leisure and it was such quality time. So I had all these fond memories. And that's where where I really was introduced to like like pretty pieces, you know, treasure hunting, colored glass, and so that was always ingrained in me. You know, you have a collection, you build a collection for your home of, of really nice, unique pieces that you can, um, you know, build in with the um, the staple pieces. Mm-hmm. So you know, she had these two china cabinets of all these nice pieces that you use uh, when you you have special guests over. Are you using your daily life just to show personality at the dinner t- table topping? You know, so that, that was just kind of who, um, something I just got from her. And, um, and, and, uh, and, and that's why, you know, like my grandmother really was like, a, she loved antiquing and she did um, just something that just rubbed off on me. Yeah. yeah. What do you think she would think about this company that's that's named after her? I think she would um, be very proud, honestly. She would be very proud. Um, my grandmother was, she was so warm and affectionate. Everybody had a special relationship with her. I happened to spend a lot of time with her because, again, I lived one street over. Yeah, that, that whole connection to your history, too, and to somebody who meant so much to you and who inspired you in a way that, you know, if she were here listening to this conversation, she'd probably be in, just amazed by how those childhood experiences, those shopping trips with you really inspired this business. That's beautiful. I mean, absolutely. And, and, and again, it's the whole notion of curating a collection of beautiful pieces, you know, and, and that's just like these colored glasses, just one small piece of the puzzle, you know, a, a piece of the collection that people can have in their homes. Mm-hmm. You want something that is just going to really stand out. And, or, and, and when you think of it, like in the gift world, if I was to come to your home now and you show me your glassware, if you had, you know, like if somebody had gifted you some uh, blush pink coupes, you, they're going to be very special to you. So that's, right. you know, that's what I'm trying to, you know, like this the specialness, the uniqueness, um, th- that whole notion that 
everything's not bland. It's, you just got, you know, it's memories there, you know, and, and, and like, even if you, if you pass some of these colors down to um, family members, um, they're going to remember, but every time they use them, they're going to remember the family dinners. They're going to, you know, so that, you know, when I use, you know, my unique pieces and, you know, some of like when she passed away, um, all of our, all of her granddaughters got an opportunity to choose pieces from her China cabinets. And um, so you know, those pieces are unique. Those are very special. That, that's just really what I'm trying to do here. Yeah. And that's just, it's embedded in the fabric and the culture of your company, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And because it's Women's History Month, it's nice to illustrate those those connections to our personal histories, as well as, you know, we're celebrating all of these, you know, amazing women leaders, but leadership comes in all these different packages and we can inspire others in, in ways that we don't even realize it sometimes. So it's a beautiful thing. It's so amazing. I get to talk about my grandmother. I mean, who, you know, I mean, just, you know, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, when I when you talk about I me mean, leaving the practice of law and um, being an entrepreneur and now like my, my my most successful venture to date is this, of course. And um, and so the notion that it's come full circle. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm I, you know, my family family was always that was the reason I left the practice of law, because my family was like going to be the most important thing in my life. And um, everything else is, you know, I'm trying to integrate my work life. As secondary into my family life, so so that and I'm doing it. The notion that in that workspace, I'm talking about my family and my heritage. I mean, it's it's really full circle. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. It really is a beautiful thing. Okay, so let's talk more about the creation of the business and. The fact that you had this law degree and that you had had entrepreneurial experience before you actually uh, shifted over to retail entrepreneurship, but maybe talk a little bit about how the past experiences that you had had helped prepare you for what you were going into with Estelle Glass. All day long, any kind of any kind of collaboration, everything you got to look at it like it's got to be a win-win situation. You know, even for me, the glassmakers and and in our relationship, it's got to be a win-win, you know, everybody's got to win. So that's how kind of, you got to make sure on the other side, because if it's something where, you know, if you're helping somebody get off the ground, that's different. But after a certain honeymoon period, it's got to be a win-win. So so that's how I look at it. You know, I mean, you know, that whole thing of like every, each person has to be made whole by the relationship. Yeah. That's like something I brought from my, you know, legal career and like, you know, just, um, it can't be one side. It has to be. You got to meet in the middle. We got to. We got to negotiate and kind of get in the middle. That's that's probably the one of the most effective things that I've you know brought from my um my career my legal career. Maybe give me an example of what you mean by that. Like when you when you're first getting started as an entrepreneur, right? And I have like these grandiose ideas, but you don't start off with grandiose um, funding or any of these things. You're, you're starting <laughs> off on um, very. So I think what I've been able to do in my space is to negotiate well uh-huh. and to build a strong argument. Um, so I build, I you know, I, I I make my case to put it in a way that's compelling. And and I and I think sometimes women don't have particularly. I know I have the confidence because I have that background. But what do you bring to the table? What what's going to make me a good bet for you? You know, for you to try, you know, try to work with me. And, and, and I think that's what I do well, and, and that's what I brought from my lead career, that, my training. You know, I mean, you have to build a good case 
when you're dealing, when you're first starting off, you got to put it out there and you got to, you know, tell your, your future plans. But, you know, of course, um, just build a case for why you think, you know, like, for instance, like a lot of times when you're, when I was negotiating with like my boxing company and, you know, now we're getting, you know, uh, uh, um, thousands of them meet at, at the same time. But at first, um, even my glassmakers, uh, they have minimals, minimals. And I, and I'm like, I'm not going to do minimals because I can't, I can't do minimums. So I had to, I had to make, I had all these people, but for those two, my two major vendors, for each one of them, I said to them, we cannot do, you know, 30,000 of this, you know, or 10,000 of this. This is what I'm doing. And this is the success I have had. And, and this is where I'd like to go. So can you make an exception? And and that's where I, you know, I negotiated an exception based on this. And, and you know, and I build a case where, you know, if you do this for me, I'm a, I'm a loyal person. And, um, you know, and I've been in business X amount of years and I'm not going anywhere. I honor my relationships. Here are some folks who can vouch for me. It's, instead of just getting a no and say, no, we don't do that. You have to, you have to place an order for a thousand or you have to place an order for 10,000. Go back to the table and say, well, I can't place a thousand for 10,000 today, but in six months or in 12 months, I, that's going to be my order. That, that is those other numbers that I'm going to be placing. And um, here's my argument why. Why I think that, and and you know, and if you get a no on the first level, you got to be able to go to the second level. But I think sometimes, um, as business owners and as women, we get a no, and and you know, you might have a really good idea, but you didn't push it, right? And you didn't, you know, and you didn't say, well, you didn't like really knock on every door, even when, when nobody answers, you climb through the window, yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, and and, and 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 not let the deal fall dead, because because uh, quite frankly. A lot of people are sitting on really great ideas and they don't know where to get started. Just get started. I remember with um, the boxes, um, we introduced our brand in October 2019. And of course, um, we, you know, we got negoti- we negotiated very small quantities of boxes. I think the first amount of boxes I ordered were like 500. And it was just, I mean, it just was so many ways. I just said, look, just send me, you know, X by this. Don't, I, I know you can't get them all done by this time. But can you send me 25 of them? Can you send me 50 of them? Um, it, it just really, if, if, you really sh- if you're really excited and show a lot of enthusiasm about what you're doing and you believe in yourself and you just won't accept a no for an, um, an answer. Yeah. I want to pivot a bit and talk about the pandemic. So many small businesses, both small and large, everyone's been hit in one way or another. Maybe talk about your own experience with the pandemic and running this business and some of the challenges that you faced. Yeah. Okay. Well, when the pandemic hit, um, you know, of course, in our state of South Carolina, the governor you know, said everybody closes your business, close your business down. So um, at that time, you know, our you know, rental business was, this was like still like a little side hustle I had with the glasses. You know, we, we placed was pretty considerable small orders um, coming, going into the holidays for 2019. I mean, we just started in October. So, you know, we were, we still had product on the shelf when we closed. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we, we were at home and we were, you know, I was posting on Instagram and, um, and then we just saw an uptake. You know, I guess people were on, it's, they hadn't seen us before. And um, some of the influencers had not seen us before. So we had an uptake in orders. And, um, you know, we were able to still be able to come in and ship product. 
So we saw an uptick from the very beginning. And then some, you know, world life, world events happened, like with the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this, what, what Instagram in particular did was um, the folks on Instagram, the Instagram community said, well, what we're going to do is we're going to support. They did a whole week of supporting black businesses. And I mean, it was just chaos for me. I was on four interviews. I mean, everybody was supporting. I mean, like all the uh, major publications. Um, I got a call from Martha Stewart's um, longtime editor, Darcy Miller. Um, I was on four interviews a day. People wanted to hear my story. It was like, okay, um, out of nowhere. I mean, it was, it was. And this was a big shift, right? Because the company was still really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I went into the pandemic with 20,000 followers on Instagram. You know, when when the Black Lives Movement, at, you know, through that movement, we we were around about maybe about fifty something thousand. So that was a big lift, right? A big lift, and um, and so, so like a lot of the influencers, influencers that we'd reached out to beforehand and told them about our products, they were now they were DMing us, and they they went back in their DMs and saw that we had DM them first. <laughs> you know, so you know they were like, oh, well, we didn't, I didn't, I never saw this. You know, yeah. you can't assume somebody saw something on a you know DM. And I totally get that now because I, if you DM us, you probably didn't see it. Right. Um, so, so we got a big lift from the pandemic, honestly. Um, and, and then um, just from there, it's just it's just the momentum has 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 just gone from one thing to the next. And um, and again, I'm I'm so comfortable. I mean, I think one you know it's relatable. People can people love talking about their grandmothers. They love talking to hearing about your family history. And it's just, it's just been a phenomenal. Thing, um, but I would one thing I was very proud of with when the pandemic hit from a business. When you talk about the pivot and everything, is I was happy with like an event rental business. Our event rental business, everything got canceled last spring. Right. You know, so we got all we had a whole crew of guys and you know and other team members you know that worked at the front of the house that had nothing to do, and so I was very happy that we could at least bring them in. And work on this project, you know, a new project. So as a business owner, I will never get, never, and I've always been, you know, in that mindset, like, you got to have a plan A and a plan B. So, you know, it was just a wonderful, it was, I just felt very, it was very rewarding to me to know that I didn't just sit on this idea. I had product on the shelf when a storm hit, you know, when the pandemic hit. So I was able to take advantage of um, this interest in our products, interest in supporting a black owned business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people could actually buy a product. So I, I think, I think it's, so that's one of the takeaways right there. It's like, just always have a plan ABC set up. So, you know, one thing is not working you have at least have something else and some and something else on your plate that you could um, just put into action or it's almost like, and this is honest about how, how I look at it and, and something else I bring from the, a practice of law, you hedge, you sell umbrellas and you sell suntan lotion. So whether it's <laughs> raining or if it's sunny outside, you'll be okay. And, and 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 that's how you have to think about it. You want you want like for for me, I want things that work with my infrastructure. You know, we had warehouse space, we had uh, we had we had team members. You know, all these things that you know could could be trans. They can, we can transfer them from one division of our company to the next. But um, we're working on two different, you know, two different projects, uh, two different um, offering, two different things. So, again, um, we're going to be okay. 
So in so in your case, the head the hedge is what is that? That's a different that's a different product line, or how do you think about it in your existing business? Well, we're offering a service and we're offering a project. I, I mean, a product. Uh-huh. You know, we, we you know we're we're um, we're doing something that's um, here. We are you know in regional um, in Maryland. We do weddings, um, uh, corporate events, which are not happening now. But weddings are picking back up. But you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that was like our, that was like our core business, you know, initially. And of course now our, this brand has, you know, really grown so, so quickly until, you know, this is our main focus now. And we've actually curtailed what we do with our, we're eliminating some of our, um, um, event rental, um, offerings because, you know, we've got to focus on this and, and, and some of the things that were, we did, that were less profitable in, um, or, or didn't get as much um, traction. Where you know, so you always, you're always going back and you know, and, and and if it's not working, just stop with it and, and go go with something different. And I will tell you this: um, I actually started um, this whole Estelle thing. Uh, really was born out of a um, a store I had online. So I started off. I was going to sell like 100 products. Um, of artists and made goods um, and all these brands that I love. Um, so I had, uh, when I, and then I said, you know what, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to focus on, you know, the, the colored glass. Now that I, you know, I have a, a glass makers and I can, you know, I can get to a hundred products with glass because I do all different colors and different styles. Not that I want to go to a hundred products, but, 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 but you understand what I'm saying? You, I can build it out. Yeah. My advice is start just whatever your ideas are, start and then evaluate whether it's working or not. And then by that time, you probably have another idea. So, you know, just try it in small doses and and don't be afraid to say, well, this is not working. I'm, you know, I'm just going to close that out and have a, you know, put that on the shelf, you know, and and move on to the next thing. Because Because when you're on this entrepreneur path, if you, this is the only reason why I'm having the success today, is because I didn't quit, and I, and, I, and I stuck it out till I found something that the market wanted and that was gonna on a large scale, because it was always my um, it was always my goal to you know to start something that was you know that really reflected all the experiences that I had um, I'd been given and opportunities um, something. That was on a large scale, and I felt like you know I, the event rental company. I'm very proud of it, but you know, I, of course, I had a lot of relatives and you know, and people say, "Well, you you went to law school, um, you know, and you're you know, it just it, they just felt you know, and they had no idea how much money you make in the event rental business, you know. So you know, they just saw it as like a small business, um, and you don't want to be driven by money um, at all. But they didn't really understand the caliber of that business, and they saw they saw me as a failure. Because you know you had a law degree, and that was such so, so much of a of a of a prestigious thing. Versus saying I have an environmental company that's you know that provides tents, tables, and chairs for all kinds of events. Yeah, it's very you know and and, and, and you know now uh, you know they're not saying that so much now because you know it, it's it's like almost like I'm a trailblazer, right, you know, right. in my own space because people don't know how this would they don't they don't know anybody who's done this. Right, they don't right. know. That this can be done. You can, you know, if you're just, you can, if I say my end goal is to be an entrepreneur and build wealth and, you know, and, and, and 
and just build, you know, profitable companies. Um, they they don't know anybody who's done that. Yeah. You know, they they just think you gotta just because you start small, that doesn't mean that you can't come up with a good idea that you know that goes you know viral or you know in, in my case that's what's happened. Um, um but so so I think you know it's, it's the, the main thing of it is it will, not even you want something that goes viral. If you want to, if you want something that's gonna whatever you want, you just gotta stick with the whole process because it's a very rigorous and. And very dis- disappointing and sometimes very lonely process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, it's a lot of failure. But your but your failures will lead to success if you do not quit. I love that. Talk a little bit about unique challenges that potentially you faced as a woman and specifically as a woman of color. Well, I mean, I, I've I've actually called it the double whammy. Um, and and usually what's happened, um, Laura, two different things have happened is. Um, Either you get dismissed altogether and not taken very seriously, or uh, the second thing that could happen is that you get discounted. You know, your product or your services are not as good as the next person's um, products or services. So those two things that happen, and, and and from my perspective, even like in my my local, you know, the Charleston creative community. Um, if, if I was to be very honest, I don't think that I would have been, I've not, I've been well received now, but in the past, um, you know, you get kind of pushed in the corner, you know, like you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be invited to, to be a part of what people feel is like the group. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like, I honestly do not believe that if I did not get this national attention, that my local community would have um, now embraced me as much. And, and, that, and that's very disappointing, but I hope that we are in a different space just in our period of history where, where a lot of these considerations will not come into play for all those that have come behind me. And, um, and because, I mean, it, it's very daunting, you know, to be in that space where you're, like I said, you're either dismissed altogether or discounted, you know, like one time I had a, I, when I when I first moved here, and I had my you know I had, I had a law degree, and I I knew something about business, and we tried to set up a partnership with a um, another event rental company because they they specialize in tabletop, and we didn't, and we never wanted to get into that to the extent that they were in it. So we wanted to set up a partnership, and the, and the gentleman kept saying to me, you know, well you can make a ten, you know what what we're working out here, you can make a ten percent um, profit. And I'm like, well, gosh, what am I supposed to be excited about a 10% profit? Like, you know, that's, that's, that's like, um, um, breadcrumbs. What are you talking right, about? Right, you know, right. you know, why would I get into something, um, where I'm going to make a 10% profit? Yeah. So, I mean, so, so the notion that, you know, that it's, it's almost like, like if you would have seen me, if you, if you thought I was your equal, you would not say something like this. You must think right. I'm, you got to think I'm almost stupid, just, you know, to be excited about, you know, working on something where, where, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing, um, you know, I'm giving it a 10% profit. So given this experience and given what you've learned and having, ha- having had those experiences with, with, you know, colleagues or, or, or contemporary business owners or potential collaborators, what advice would you have for someone else who's in your shoes, but in your shoes from maybe two, three years ago, what advice would you have for them if they encounter these obstacles? What would you tell them? 
Well, I'll just say thank you, but no thank you. I tell anybody, you want to get into, like, you want to find something. Like, this is a passion project. We sell passion products. Either you want to buy it or you don't. Right. You, you like it or you don't. So it's a niche kind of a company. So you want to find something that has the potential to have really good growth. You don't, you want to find, you want to make sure that you have that thing in your hand that you're passionate about and you know, if people, if you can build your tribe, it's going to do well. You know, and I think sometimes we just get into lackluster things because it looks, it looks appealing at the time, you know, it's trending, um, but we don't, it's okay to be off the grid. You know, for for a minute. So I think my my advice is to really spend some time finding out, finding that thing that you just like a light bulb moment. You know, get in a quiet space or you know just are you know read books. Like I read a lot of business books. I read a lot of things you know about entrepreneurs from entrepreneurs. But really develop your idea um, list. And, and and then you know like for me that's what I did. And and um. And I feel like, you know, it was, I'm so happy that I did do that. You know, like, you know, it's just, I just said, like, make sure you got a great idea. You know, I mean, if nobody else thinks it's a great idea, you got to think it's a great idea. You know, my next piece of advice is to just get started. Um, be very um, wise as, you know, getting started. Don't over, overthink it. Um, don't um, overspend. You know, just kind of have it contained. It's okay to start small. Start small. Make sure, make sure it, because it could. Some ideas out there were great ideas, but they weren't. They didn't necessarily catch on. So you want to make sure that um, you do. If, if you do have to take a loss, take a L. You're taking a smaller L than you know. If you just over, I mean, you just put it. You don't want to put. You know, like I'm not going to put my my kids at risk. You know, my my husband at risk. I'm doing this in. You know, I'm, I'm always saying like this is my little venture money. You know, that's how I looked at it. Like, this is my little play around, you know, instead of uh, buying some, you know, instead of being comfortable where I am, and I know I'm, you know, I'm looking, I'm on the prowl for a great idea. I'm going to, money I can use for so many other things, you know, in the car or whatever, I'm going to use this to just um, really explore this um, business venture. So, I mean, I think that's a way to look at it. And then you got to be, the first person to say, well, I'm going to make, you can't have it all. You can't have all of your wish lists and, 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 and want to explore business. You got to be able to say, well, I'm going to sacrifice my wish list for now to explore business, potential business opportunities. And I can always go back to my wish list once I've built the business. Yeah. So I I think don't be afraid to make those um, trade-offs and those um, sacrifices but but by all means, get started. I um, mean, just you know, put it out there. Um, and then that was, and for me, this was the hardest thing I put out there because you know it involved my grandmother, and you know, and I didn't want it to fail. You know, you know, it'd be like <laughs> it, it, it was going to hit hard if it did fail. You know, but it was it was moving very slow at the beginning. But I just didn't want it to you know fail. And then of course, like you know, I had relatives and everything. I don't know what I what I was doing, and they were very proud of me. And, and, and I wanted them to say, "Well, that's she did it." And you know, it's almost like you close a restaurant. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but when you have to close the restaurant, just close it and keep moving. Yeah. You know what I mean? And learn your lesson. So I think that um, you just have to just get started and see whether it, it's a go or if it's not a go, just go back to the drawing board um, and and um, come up with something else. 
if, if this entrepreneurial space is truly for you, because sometimes the failures are such that you just say it's not for me anymore. Yeah. Stephanie, this has been amazing. I love your story and I loved having a chance to spend time with you. I'm really grateful. No, well, I mean, it's been wonderful, Laura. I know that folks will be excited to check out Estelle Colored Glass. You'll find Stephanie on Instagram, and that'll take you directly to her website. But we'll also include links to Estelle Colored Glass in the show notes for the episode as well. I really enjoyed being here, Laura. Thank you. I loved having you. And hopefully I'll get to meet you one day if we ever get this pandemic behind us. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Hey, friend, to learn a bit more about my guest today, Stephanie Summerson Hall, please check out the show notes for this episode, episode 143. And remember, if you're enjoying She Said, She Said, I would love to hear from you. In fact, I'd be very grateful for any feedback and thoughts that you have for me. Be sure to send me a note through the contact link on our website or direct message me on Instagram. You'll find me at Laura Cox Kaplan, all one word. And if you're not currently following me on Instagram, I hope you will because we share a lot of complimentary content on the Instagram page that really complements each of these episodes. So I hope that you'll follow me there as well. As always, I am grateful that you've spent time with me today and I hope that you found this investment in you well worth it. I'll see you next time. Take care.